she probably doesn't want bourbon. So I wouldn't go. <laughs> I wouldn't go that route. You understand? Like just probably not that. Probably not that route. Um. Welcome to the Speakeasy Sports Show. Time to pull up a seat, pour a glass, and talk some ball. Here's your hosts, Daniel and John. What is up, everybody? Welcome back to another episode of the Speakeasy Sports Show. Good to see you again. I am Daniel. He is John. John, good evening to you, sir. How are you this this fine day? Hey, good evening. It's getting close to Christmas. How can you it not is. be in a good mood? It is. Um, hope it everyone is is, is uh, well prepared for the holidays. And to the gentlemen who are listening who have a lady in your life, please don't mess it up, man. Please. You sh- for all job. of us. You got, you got 11 days. You have 11 this days. Airs. You just please don't, don't mess screw it up. this up, man. Don't screw yes. this up. Um, uh, she doesn't. She probably doesn't want bourbon, so I wouldn't go. <laughs> I wouldn't go that route. You understand? Like, just probably not that. Probably not that route. Um, Correct. If you're looking for gifts for your favorite um, podcast host, though, we do want bourbon. We absolutely yes, do. Please. We are. We are accepting. <laughs> Indian yes, jump donations. in, jump in the in the comments or in the DMs on Twitter, and we can tell you how to get us uh, some bourbon if you would like yeah. to contribute. Um, uh, thanks to everybody who's here. By the way, subscribe to the show if you're new, just finding this channel. We love to talk about college sports and high spirits, and so um, uh, we're gonna do uh, quite a bit of both. But today, turning the page a little bit to college basketball. Uh, John, we're well into the season now. We're about 10 games in. Most teams have played 8, 9, 10 games, somewhere like that on the schedule. Uh, but this is really the time of year. You know, conference championship games in football are over. This is really the time of the year when people, they start to turn on basketball. And mm-hmm. so this, we thought we'd just do a little bit of a recap, a little bit of a catch-up episode. In case you're new to the college basketball game this year, what are the biggest stories so far of 2023? I'm going to start I'm going to start out with this one and um, start on the positive side and maybe throw in a negative story there in a minute but North Carolina's good at basketball again. I don't know, yes. it's like that's really fun because obviously North Carolina blue blood program um, mm-hmm. you know, lots of final fours, lots of championships. Um, uh, but it's been a bit of a, you know, it's been a bit of a little down run. Didn't make the tournament last year. Um, uh, Caleb Love, kind of messy divorce leaves. He goes mm-hmm. to Arizona. And um, Armando Baycott comes back, which I know some Carolina fans that were more mad that Baycott came back than they were that <laughs> Caleb Love, Love left. Yes, they were. And they absolutely so, were. Um, you got Davis comes back, um, great player. Baycott comes back, but you wonder, like, all right, you you know, you moved on from Roy Williams, obviously, a few years ago. Hubert's got the program. Is he going to be able to? Obviously, year one was really successful under Hubert Davis, but now last year to miss out on the tournament, and then you looked at this year's team and you wondered, are they are they really going to be any different? But um, John, this this North Carolina team is really good, and it starts with Elliot Cadeau, I think, the freshman point guard. Um, they and then they add two two transfers, Cormac Ryan from Notre Dame, 
and Harrison Ingram from Stanford. Harrison Ingram is one of my favorite players to watch so far this year. Um, it's kind of a versatile wing. Um, can play down in the post, can play outside. Um, I love this guy. And Baycott is doing his thing. He is mm-hmm. he is who he is. He's not gonna mm-hmm. he's not gonna be any different than who he is. He's gonna make some frustrating plays if you're a Carolina fan. Um, but I honestly think it's addition by subtraction with Caleb Love mm-hmm. gone, and this North Carolina team's really fun. They've got some big wins already this year, and yeah. uh, they play Kentucky this weekend. Yeah, and maybe I maybe I miss it. Did you mention R.J. Davis? Yeah, I mean, I mentioned it briefly in the two but, guys coming back. Yeah, right, R.J. But, Davis yeah, but is you know, like, like, stud. Right, exactly. So, like, as you go down that list, right, like you have – I love I, I love that you mentioned, you know, all those guys. Uh, but this team anchored by R.J. Davis, uh, 21 and a half points per game, which is, which is five more per game than he averaged last year. Um, just being able to – uh, to distribute the ball, play good defense, like you know, having having a guy like that to anchor this whole situation is um, is just really, really doing wonders for North Carolina. And listen, we say this a lot when we talk about college football. Um, we talk about these blue bloods, or we talk about these teams that you know that um, that maybe have off years. North Carolina yeah. is one of those teams, just like we talk about in, in college football with with some of the teams that are having resurgence. College basketball is better when North Carolina is good at basketball. 100%. I mean, it just 100%. is. Um, 100%. And so They're the it, Michigan of college basketball. Like, Michigan correct. down for a while in college football. It's just correct. not as fun. It's just correct. not as fun when they're not good. Um, only two losses this year, by the way, for North Carolina. An overtime loss to Villanova and a loss to UConn, who, if you haven't seen UConn play basketball, um, they – they just did the thing that Georgia did in 2022 where they had won the national championship the previous year, and they don't even mm-hmm. care. They're just coming out trying to win every game the following season. And so um, exciting this weekend, big matchup against Kentucky, obviously, for North Carolina. Uh, what's your number one storyline of the year so far, John? My, mine, I'm going to take a little, bit of a, of a little bit of a left turn. I, I was reading um, some takeaways from, from someone else um, a couple weeks ago. And he brought up something that I hadn't thought about. But the, the NCAA changed a rule this year. Uh, they changed the charge block rule. They and did. so uh, so last year, what, what the rule was essentially that you had to be set um, before a player went airborne in order to take a charge, right? Um, now the rule is you have to be set before their plant foot. It's like their plant foot, when they go to go airborne <laughs> – you have to right. be set at that time. Basically gave just a little bit of a millisecond. I'm going to make um, a moderate correction to what you said. Yeah, please. Last year, the rule was everything was a charge <laughs> all the time. Every call was a charge. Hand check on the perimeter, charge. Guy drives down the lane, charge. Guy going up for an offensive rebound, charge. Doesn't matter. Every whistle was a charge. So they, the new rule is it's only a charge sometimes. That's what they're doing now. <laughs> Correct. Okay. Fair enough. At the end of the day, what that's done is I think that that has opened up um, scoring. It's opened up the pace of play. You have guys like doing less of this, like, I'm just going to jump and get in the way and take a bazillion charges. And so um, it's, it's a little small thing, but for folks who, who really, who are really into the game, Mm -hmm. it has definitely changed the flow of the game. When you watch how the game is being played, it has definitely changed the flow of the game. And um, you know, I think it's, it's, it's for me, when I look at it, when I watch how 
um, how teams are playing defense when I watch how these folks are, are running. That's that's a big a big change in the game that very subtle, um, but I think is gonna it's, I think it's gonna be huge when you go down the stretch and you get into conference play and you get into these games that really matter leading up to the tournament. Um, you're going to have close games, and, and I think last year you had these games that are decided by, you know, an offensive foul and a turnover, a, a, a change of possession. And now you're going to have these games where it's like, all right, you're, you're really going to have to play defense. You're not going to be able yeah. to uh, just get in the way and get a charge called. Um, and so for somebody who uh, who likes uh, kind of the, the pureness of basketball, mm -hmm. um, I, I have appreciated that change in the rule this year. Um, yeah. uh, you know, and so that, that's one of the one of the key takeaways for me. Yeah, I think what I love about it is what it's done is it's eliminated a non-basketball play from yes. basketball. Correct. It, like Correct. What you had mm -hmm. in college basketball was you developed this subculture of guys, and we all know what they look like. We don't have to go into <laughs> describing their physical makeup, but we all know what they look like. Yes. And you had this subculture of guys, and their job was – to just throw their body in front of actual athletes and try to draw charges from them. And so what this rule has done is it's just – it's like it's eliminated. You know, John, how sometimes it's technically – it technically fits within the rules. It just doesn't fit within the spirit of the game. Correct. Um, it's the Shone Otani of college basketball. <laughs> it's the deferred it's real, It's the deferred salary, so it doesn't go on, on to the – Not – technically yeah. illegal but everybody seems to be real mad about it that's what yes. the block charge was in college basketball i love that it's gone i love that they've removed a lot of that you know kind of bs from the game mm -hmm. because honestly that's what it was and now was. we're actually just getting to watch guys play basketball so i love that um i want to go to another team here um and it's it's not like i'm saying that the storyline is that this team's not any good because they are quite good, in fact. The storyline is that I think everybody thought that this team was going to be something, and now we're all trying to figure out what exactly they are, and that's the Tennessee Volunteers, John. The, the Tennessee returned everybody, mm -hmm. and then they added this guy, Dalton Connect, who was, by all accounts, the only thing that team needed to become a Final Four National Championship contending team. Because if you've never seen Dalton Connect play, um, he is an absolute scorer. He's an NBA player. He is a 100% just go get you a basket. He, you know, averaging more than 20 a game. Um, and that's what Tennessee's always been locked down on the defensive side. They've always yep. been tough, physical, and that's how they've hung their hat and made their reputation. Rick Barnes, obviously, coaching that team. And they've been really successful in doing so. Mm -hmm. Had a great run in the tournament last year. Um, this year, though, with Connect, it's not, again, it's not like the team's not good. The team mm -hmm. is quite good. They're 7-3, and three and they've got a bunch, of, like, their only three losses are to Purdue, Kansas, and North Carolina. So, yeah. It's, those are those are pretty good teams to lose. Those to. are the best losses that you could <laughs> ever have. They've got wins against Wisconsin. They got wins against Illinois, but the team just doesn't. There's something wrong with this Tennessee. Mm -hmm. That's all I can tell you. Like watching them play, there's something not right about them. And if they figure it out, they've got a chance to be a national championship 
type of team. Mm-hmm. But, I mean, you get the sense watching this game, like watching this team, all the advanced metrics love Tennessee because they're, I mean, their efficiency numbers are off the mm-hmm. charts. All of their adjusted, you know, field goal percentages and defensive mm-hmm. ratings, all of that is is absolutely through the roof and off the charts. Josiah Jordan James, obviously, they got Vescovy and the little point guard kid whose name I cannot remember, who plays way too many minutes. But Dalton yeah. Connect is really the guy on the team, um, and you get the sense that Rick Barnes legitimately hates this team. I don't know what it is about them, but just watching him coach the team, you, I feel like he hates them. Rick Barnes always kind of gives off that vibe like he hates everybody and everything yeah. that's ever happening, but you really get the sense that he doesn't love this team. You read some of the comments. I mean, they came out and played Georgia Southern. They won by 20 points, but they got outscored in the second half, and you read some of Rick Barnes' like post-game comments after that game, and it's like he is ready to burn the facilities to the ground because yes. Georgia Southern outscored Tennessee yeah. in the second half of that game. Very much reminds me of um, RIP. This is the the one year anniversary of Mike Leach's uh, passing. Mm, yeah. um, very, Rick Barnes reminds me a lot, a lot, a lot of Mike pirate. Leach. Fo- yeah, folding the chairs uh, for his <laughs> wide receivers so they couldn't sit down. Um, uh, yeah. y- yes, it, it does feel like he he uh, he hates his team even in a victory. Uh, listen, you know, I think Tennessee. Um, uh, yes, you mentioned all the metrics. I think you know Tennessee has always has always been that defensive led team. The challenge that they're having this year is they're, uh, they're ranked number 70, 70th in uh, opponent points per game and 74th in yep. points scored. Right. So it's like, you can't cause North Carolina hung a hundred points on. Yeah. 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 Like scored right. And you can't, points yeah, against yeah. And you can't, yeah, you can't be in that situation where, uh, you're hovering in, in the middle of, um, you know, in the middle of, of the of the pack on both of those if you're a team like Tennessee. You you either have to major in one or you have to be good in both. And, oh, and is, yeah. yeah. Dalton yeah. Connect doesn't defend, and Rick Mm-mm. Barnes refuses to allow no. his team to have an offensive identity. So right. they're in this sort of a weird place where they went out and got – they answered the question they needed to answer, but now yeah, are they going to figure out how to be that team because that's what they need to do. Yeah, and they're playing. You know, you mentioned uh, uh, Santiago Vescovi, right? They're playing him like t- almost thirty minutes a game because he can defend, right? He gets a couple of steals yeah. a game, but but he's shooting, you know, thirty five percent from the field. He's, so he's it's, he's a liability. Yeah, yeah. yeah it's just but tough. he thinks he's the best player on the floor. That's <laughs> the, the therein lies the problem. Um, all right, what 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 else you got? Uh, in terms of takeaways for the young yeah I mean the you know the the last the last takeaway I would love your thoughts on this right um we we had the ACC SEC challenge uh that happened earlier this year it went seven and seven ended in a um, tie ended in a soccer I guess we're playing soccer now exactly ended in a tie um do you think which which league top to bottom is better this year is it the ACC or is it the SEC so far, obviously, we're we're six we're weeks early. into the season, right? We're, we're very early, but if I you think had to top look. to bottom, I think the I think the SEC is better this year. Um, Duke is still figuring things out. I think that team is going to come around. I think they're going to be fine. Um, we mentioned North Carolina already, but you know, you look at the top of the SEC, and 
you know, you've got Alabama, you've got Tennessee, you've got Kentucky, you've got Texas A&M, you've got Auburn. All of these teams yeah. are in the top 20 nationally in a lot of the, you know, kind of power rankings, advanced power rankings. You can't look at the top 25 poll. If, it's, if you're new to college basketball, just ignore yeah. that thing. The yeah. whole season. The like, whole not season. even at the end of the year do you look no. at it. You just ignore no. it forever. Um, but, I mean, North Carolina probably is the best team in the ACC. Mm-hmm. But who's the second best team in the ACC? And why is the answer Clemson? It's The answer is Clemson. That's it the second Clemson. best team in the ACC. Now, that's a good yeah. team. But if I put Clemson on a neutral floor against any of the five SEC teams that I just mentioned. Yeah. I like I probably like the SEC right there. You know, you go down to the bottom of the league, I think you've got you know, you've got probably some fairly comparable teams there. Mm-hmm. Um there's no it seems like both leagues don't have Notre Dame is probably the worst team out of all out, you know, out of all yeah. what is that? That's like 29 teams in the yep. SEC and yep. ACC. Yep. Notre Dame's the worst team out of all of them. But other than that, you don't have any, like, absolute scrubs. Um, right. right. And so i probably give the nod to the SEC just because of how loaded it is at the top. I think any of those five teams could definitely win the SEC, and and there's probably more. You'd probably throw Florida in there as a team that could win the SEC. Um, the, so the ACC, yeah, the SEC, or the yeah, Florida, the SEC, yeah, yeah, yeah Florida, yeah, yeah, because yeah, I think you know you have you have Virginia that's kind of making a run. They beat Texas A and M. You got you got yeah. some of those teams that are coming in the ACC, but it is interesting, right? I think um, the this this dichotomy between um, the ACC and the SEC is uh, it just it just continues to grow year after year. You spent so long where you had in the ACC being that, that powerhouse basketball league. Um, and, uh, and now, yeah, I agree with you. I have to, I have to say, I agree with you so far, six weeks in, we'll keep talking about basketball over the next couple months. Absolutely. And we got uh, lots to discuss, got lots to discuss. And this, you know, the one thing about basketball that, that I personally love that I hope our listeners will tune in, uh, is man, it changes so much. These, you know, it's three game, it's three games a week. Like this isn't, this yeah. isn't you're, you're playing, you know, 12 games. It's like things can change, uh, in a hurry. And, um, so many storylines, top to bottom. I'm really, really excited to to dig into this more as we go throughout the throughout the season. Yeah, we'll jump into it. We'll have another episode later this week. Again, if you're not subscribed already, do that. Um, uh, we would love to have you subscribe. There's a link to join the email list in the description of this episode. We got lots of great stuff planned for you over the next couple weeks, and so stay tuned for that. Um, but for John, I am Daniel. And we will see you guys next time.